Welcome to the Jambos Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Schwimmer, alongside co-host, Mr. Robbie Castro. Schwim, we almost had, we actually had a thousand listeners last week. That has never been done in Jambos podcast history. Personal best. Personal best on week one. Week one, mind you. (laughs) We didn't have that great of a week, but hey, we appreciate the listeners. Again, you can go to our website, jambos.com, J-A-M-B-O-S, Com. It's free Thursdays. We have all our picks for free. You can also check our historical picks as well. Uh, again, sign up for free at jambos.com. Week one is in the books today on the on the podcast today. We're going to break down a game in depth to give you some real analysis on what actually matters. And we're going to go to a props party with everyone's favorite segment, apparently. Absolutely. So we're going to do that uh, later on in the show. Week one little underwhelming for me. I mean, the game in terms of games played, uh, you, not too much excitement. You usually get some crazy things happening week one. I guess you got Baltimore with the blowout over Miami, but a lot of people saw that coming. What, right. what, what did you think? You know, again, the Thursday game was a dud, um, but throw that away. Um, there were some good games. I mean, obviously, on Monday night, the Saints-Texans game, incredible game. Other than that, Redskins-Eagles, Redskins get up to, you know, scoring 20, you know, 20 to 7. Yeah, that, the Eagles coming back. And then the Redskins back to recover. That was yeah, kind of interesting was, as well. Yeah, against us, against us. Yeah, Jambos did not have a good week one. It, it was it was bad. It, well, that's it was a, really bad. That, so. It's better to have a week one than a week seventeen. That's true. You so, know, that's true. Data, and, data and coming look, in. Look, what does what does Belichick say? On, on to the next. On to on to next week. On to next so week. So that's where we're at. We're at week two. And before we get into the props party for the Thursday night game, because again, props are only out for the Thursday night game. We got eight of them for the listeners. We're gonna first break down a game that's gonna happen on Sunday. The game we chose is Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. We chose this game because of the Garner Menchu story here. Great story. Great story. A guy that was going to go to Alabama just to be a third-string quarterback, goes to Washington State, has an electrifying year, gets drafted in the same round as Tom Brady, and then comes in for an injured Nick Foles, kind of like Drew Bledsoe, and oh, let's not go that goes far. 16 for 17, a rookie record, never been done, first 17 passes, 16 to 17, incredible. Um, obviously, they were down by a lot of scores before then, but this guy, this is an intriguing play. And that that's a story that most people know in the mainstream media of giant football fans. You know that story, you've heard it. But what we do and what we find is we like Gardner Minshew from the beginning. Like really? Our model liked him in the preseason, and the reason being is because our quarterback metrics are very different than you know what others look at. You know What we found on the quarterback side is the two most important things, it sounds pretty obvious, are decision-making and accuracy. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. you get people in the draft, though, that like you know big hands, tall, strong arm, all these things you hear, like more of like you know, your Josh Allen from the Bills. Like We are very anti-Josh Allen for the Bills, as an example. Like we, we like quarterbacks that are accurate and make good decisions. He's an extremely accurate quarterback. And the reason he lasted to the sixth round is because he does not have the athleticism. Right. All he does is throw the ball accurately and make good decisions. Well, I mean, that, that's that's the vast majority of the game here. And it, when you look at and you break down uh, some of the tape from Washington State, if you look at the accuracy levels, meaning when the ball releases his hands, where the ball should be and where the ball ends up. And there are people that track this and have this types of data. And he is an extremely extremely accurate quarterback. I think he was the second most accurate quarterback last year in division one from a decision-making standpoint. It's really hard to tell in college playing that Mike Leach offense is normally a one read system and it's the plays are pretty much drawn out for you. A lot Mm -hmm. of screens and so on in the NFL. The question was, can he, 
do that in a pro style offense. And he clearly shown that he's got poise and he can do that. So, you know, we rank Gardner Minshew. And again, this is all numbers, you know, related as about a league average quarterback, slightly below, slightly below, but there are starters. This is a backup. Keep right. in mind. And right. there are starters that we rank as worse than Minshew here. And the spread in this game is nine and a half points. It's a ton of points. We make this 6.1. Wow. We really like Jacksonville in this game. So for the people, that's a, that's definitely a edge we have. One of our bigger edges is the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, against the Houston Texans. And for more of a breakdown in the game, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars run defense and their pass rush, specifically their pass rush. This is an elite pass rush. So we have team rankings. Obviously, we include week one in there. But – I was going to ask you, they play the Kansas City Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL. It's true. They did. And So but, what what do you see from that at a standpoint? Okay, they play the best team. They gave up a ton of points in the first half. Um, where do you go from there type thing? So week one does matter. It is important, okay. but it's not nearly as important as the pre-rankings that we had. Right. The, the further you go into a season, the more that this season matters, essentially. So week gotcha. one, I mean, we're talking five, max 10% weight here. It matters a lot more of what you had before the season started. And this Jacksonville Jaguars pass rush is a top three pass rush in the league. And this Houston Texans pass blocking offensive line is a bottom three. Wow. Blocking pass blocking offensive line in the league. This is a big, big, big problem in the NFL. If there's a unit or a group that breaks down or really hurts it, that can affect the whole game. So just because, you know, Houston Texans skill players are going to be better than, uh, Jacksonville's skill players and so on. Well, if you get a pass rush, that can really affect the entirety of the game, especially against Deshaun Watson under duress. He's, he's much worse under duress than he is when he has time in the pocket, which most quarterbacks are. Right. But I see a major pass rush uh, advantage for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also, Houston's biggest strength is running the football. And this is you know not only the running backs, but Deshaun Watson running the football as well. Jacksonville Jaguars, we have them ranked as the fifth best run defense okay. in the league. So, this is a situation where, again, it really feeds into Jacksonville's hands. Also, with, with Jalen Ramsey, probably one of the only quarterbacks that I like as a matchup versus DeAndre Hopkins as well. It, everything really favors uh, a Jacksonville. Now, obviously, Jacksonville on offense is weaker, and they're going to try to run the ball against Houston, uh, whose who's run defense is about league average, maybe slightly worse. So I think they could get a little on the ground with Fournette. But at the end of the day, the line is just way too skewed. Nine and a half points is way too much. I agree. Um, that's a that's a great breakdown. Um, obviously, gets me jacked up to bet the Jaguars on Sunday, um, but I, I I do like that play. So so Jambo's official Jags plus nine and a half. Jambo's official Jags plus nine and a half. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now. It's interesting. The line started lower than that. It's creeping up. More money's being bet on the Texans. So I don't know if now could it get to ten? You never. So again, that's that's something that would be weighted. But I, I think that this is something nine, that we don't do anything about, by the way. Right, for the but listeners. I, I, right, but I, I do look at it nine and a half. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could wait to gets to ten, but do you want to risk it? I, I say, if 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 it's the edge, it's at six point one, and it's already at nine point five. You're already seeing a significant. Uh, margin over there so all right well let's move on to tonight's Thursday night matchup with the Carolina, burner. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Carolina it's an interesting game the line is seven the over under is 49 and a half I want to talk about the props in this game prop party get invited to the prop party the listeners have been dying for this segment swim and everybody loves to get invited to a good prop party 
Do you have how many props do we have in this game? We have eight in this game. Eight props. I mean, do you have these broken down by edge percentage? You know we do. Can we do this countdown style? Uh, we can. Should we go from best to worst or oh, worst, worst to best? All right. So smallest edge to biggest edge. Correct. Smallest right. edge to biggest edge. All right. Let's do it. So our smallest edge of the eight props is under forty six and a half receiving yards. Curtis. Samuel. Oh, by the way, all these lines are on FanDuel, and we are at uh, 8.57 a.m. here Eastern time. So these are lines are up to date as of right now. Again, smallest edge, Curtis Samuel under 46.5 receiving yards. We have this at 41 yards he, he gets. Okay. All right. I do like that. Next one. All right. Number seven, Cameron Brait over 17.5 passing yards. We Ooh. have this at 22 passing yards for Cameron Brait. I like this one. Because the tight end matchup and, and, and Carolina's defense and covering tight ends has been good, but the number is just too low in this I, situation. I agree, and Jameis likes finding Cameron Brate in the end zone. So maybe a, you know, a second and, second and 10 inside the 20, Cameron Brait, little post. You never know. All right, number six, Christian McCaffrey under 83.5 rushing yards in this game. We really like the under here. Uh, we have this more in the 72 and a half range. And the reason being, do you have the numbers, Robbie, from what he did last week? I do. I do. So he rushed for close to 127 yards. And what about passing? I mean, he caught 10 balls. He got 10 balls. On 11 like, targets. So 10 catches and he had, what do you have? Like almost 20 rushes, 17 rushes, something like that. 17 rushes. Yes. That is an absolute workhorse. We're on a short week now. Right. That days. is true. I, I mean, forgot about that. If you're Ron Rivera, don't you have to protect the merchandise a little bit? I mean, if <laughs> you you're up in so. this game, you can't be pounding Christian McCaffrey. No, 20, not, a, 20, not at all. 30 times like they did in game one. He's not going to last till, you know, he'll, he'll be out after week 10. So I think people are looking at this number and, you know, they're really seeing it as a normal week. I think it's smaller because of the short week. I think Christian McCaffrey under 83 and a half yards is the play in this game. That's our sixth, uh, Biggest edge. Our fifth biggest edge, Jameis Winston under 281 and a half passing yards. We have this number at 262. Wow. 262. Carolina's coverage is slightly above league average, average, but their run defense is much worse than league average. So if I'm Tampa Bay, I think they're going to run the ball a lot more than try, try to throw the ball, try to control this game. Again, Thursday, short week. Right. I'm going in 281 and a half yards. That's a lot of yards. That is a lot of yards. So that's our fifth biggest edge. Number four, back to Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait <laughs> oh over one and a half receptions. Uh, you know, I, again, goal line targets are huge. And do I trust OJ Howard? No, I don't. And Cameron Brait, and we'll get to OJ Howard in a little bit. Okay. So a little, little foreshadowing I'll there. See. I got but Cameron Brait, he's he's a steady. He's very steady. He he's a check down, you know, waiting to happen for Jameis Winston. Right. And again, really like Cameron Brait, especially because they are going to be playing a lot of two tight ends, try to run the football, a little play pass, get him out in some slide routes there. Number three, under 64 and a half receiving yards, Chris Godwin. Okay. We have 52.2. What do you think, Robbie? I, again, I do like that under. All right. Number two, our second biggest edge is under Mike Evans receiving yards, 84 and a half. Again, the number is way too high. I think the fantasy players are driving this number up. We have 70 yards in this. That's a pretty big difference. 14 and a half receiving yard differential. They saw the game week one against the Niners and Mike Evans was sick. Apparently had the flu and barely, you know, barely touched the ball and didn't do anything on offense. They probably think that, oh, okay, now he's, now he's a little more healthier. He's going to catch a ton of balls. I do like that under. I do like that under, especially if you're taking the under in Jameis Winston passing yards. And number one, the number one prop Numero we have. Numero uno. Under 
52 and a half receiving yards, OJ Howard. So again, we've got okay. Carolina is above average covering tight ends. If they're going to, I like again, Keekly, those, all those guys in coverage against OJ Howard, maybe not so much against Cameron Bright with the secondary there on the weak side uh, linebacker position. But in general, the theory here is we've got three under Tampa Bay receiving yards uh, players it's extremely unlikely that all of them go over. Sure. It could happen that all of them that go under. If we have a game just like the opening game of Thursday with, dud. with the Bears, I mean, they all go, everything went under. Right. Right? So you have a much better chance of winning all than losing them all, and you probably split them in there because someone's got to have to get the catches, but you might go two and one, and you throw Jameis Winston under yards in there. Again, it's very unlikely you're going to lose all those plays, much, much bigger chance to win. We play the percentages. We play the numbers here. We will keep track. Of all these props, by the way. We will. We will. Starting from week one, we're not going to cancel that out, even though it did not go well for us. It did we, not. We, two and four was not was not is not a good week, but you got to bounce back sometime. Well, hey, man, I'm excited for this week. Again, a little recap. We are on the Jacksonville Jaguars plus nine and a half. You can get that line at 10 on Sunday. Go for it at nine. Go for it. We still love it because Jambos has it at 6.1. Um, Schwim, I, I think this is, the, this is called the Dennis Rodman rebound week. Love it. Okay. Dennis Rodman's been in the news, not in a good way, though. He's never in the news in a good all way. Right, we'll shut this show down. All right. Well, thanks you. Thank you all for listening. For Robbie Castro, I'm Michael Schwimmer. Good luck, and may the Jambos be with you. <laughs>